0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel, and today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Cameron Norris. Welcome, one and all. Thank all you right. so much. Good, good to be, be here. Awesome. How exciting. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. But before we break open the bread of life to see how Jesus wants to teach us today, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in so that we can see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action?
2: Absolutely. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. (sighs) Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us with your, your love and your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your peace, your counsel, your fortitude. Dear God, thank you for wanting to give us your Holy Spirit. So we invite you into this time, into this place, into all the homes and cars and offices, wherever anybody's listening. Thank you. God, thank you for your word that you want to encounter us, and your word that you're pursuing us constantly, that the answers to all of our questions you've so beautifully written in your words, so please help us to, to persevere, not just in reading, but praying your word. And as we pray the gospel that we'll hear this Sunday at Mass, we ask you, please, Lord, just speak to our hearts. Enter into the parts of our hearts that need the most healing, enter our minds, renew our minds, fill us with your your, uh, your, your mercy, that we receive it and that we so freely give it. To each other. And we pray all this in Jesus' name.
3: Amen. 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 Father, Father the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And
1: Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love?
3: I would love to. Again, we're in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, How would be your name? Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us. Do not subject us to the test. And he said to them, suppose one of you had a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey and I have nothing to offer him. And he said in reply from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot give up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives
1: When you'd read the first sentence, Cameron, I just sort of kind of stopped and just sort of reflected on that. Jesus, second person in the Holy Trinity, united with the Father and the Holy Spirit, was praying. He was praying where? In a crowded street, in a movie theater, while he was watching TV? No. In a certain place. And I wrote down, where do you go to be in silence with the Father, detached from the noise of the world? And then he finished his prayer. How many times do we get pulled away, distracted, the phone rings, a text comes over? Stop. If we truly realize the truth and beauty of silence, God's not in the earthquake, He's not in the wind, He's not in the storms. He's the still, quiet voice that's within our hearts that we need to truly. Find that certain place where we have that time of intimacy, divine intimacy with the Father, and we knock, and we seek, and we ask. Slow me down, Lord. Please, quiet my racing heart. Keep still my mind that goes, that I may truly just engage with you today. Have that divine intimacy moment to hear your direction for my life. So for me, that's the first sentence. That's what I got out of it.
3: That's so good. And part of that, if we're praying and it's not in the middle of a crowd and it's a still small voice that's going to speak to us, just understand one of the tools that the enemy will use is to pollute the airways with distractions and noise getting away to that certain place to have fellowship having a relationship with God it's a relationship it's spending time with each other it is it's not hey hey lord you can be with me while i go do everything i want to do mm. it's hey i'm going i'm going to put my phone away i'm going to put my distractions away. I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm, go- I'm just listing things that could be distractions for us. H- how wonderful is it for a natural father to just have a few minutes with their kid? Just a little bit of time of, I don't need anything from you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be in your presence. I mean, I have little kids. When they hug me, oh man, It means the world to me i i I remember one the one of the excuses i had years ago about uh at the end of the night i i told the lord i said i don't like reading the bible because at the end of the night because i it it puts me to sleep i fall asleep you know i i love diving into it and eating it like it's bread like i that's how i like going after the bible but I wanted to fill my head with the word of God before I fell asleep. So, anyway, I, I gave him the excuse. I said, I always fall asleep. And uh, I heard, as a father, I would never get mad at my kids for falling asleep in my arms. Wow. I was like, okay.
1: Okay, got this. Okay,
3: let's fall asleep with the word of God. I mean, that was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't ha- I didn't have to consume it in that moment. I just had to crawl up on my dad's lap, close my eyes, and spend some time. So if we can look at prayer, prayer is an exchange. Like prayer is, it, I've heard it said, if you walk away from praying with the same feelings, then you weren't praying, you were complaining. Like prayer should be an exchange. Lord, I'm letting go of this. I'm trusting you on this, put the people in my life, put the places, the situations, give me insight, give me a res- revelation knowledge of how to handle these situations, but it, it's a letting go of some things. It's walking over to your dad and saying, "Hey, I have this thing that's broken. It's now in your care, and we might work on it together. We might put the pieces back together, <clears throat> but it's, it's not something that you're holding on to saying, okay, I got this, I got this, I got this. Tell, tell me how, to, okay, uh, it's so bad. Okay, God, talk to you tomorrow. I mean, that's, that's, that's not prayer. And the last point I'll make about this, I thought of it earlier this morning. The disciples, it's not written in the Word, like every conversation that Jesus had with his disciples um, over the time he had with them. One thing that's not in the Bible, they don't say, "Hey Lord, teach us how to do all of these miracles." How, how did you make the blind see? How do you raise the dead? How do you cast out demons? How do you all these things that you know? I would look at and be like, "Whoa, whoa!" He just called a dead man out of the grave. What is? I, how do you do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like it's almost like they attributed his time of prayer being filled up with something where that he could then go out to his ministry and take what's in him and give it to other people. It's like they could see when Jesus would—it's when he would come down from prayer that he went into ministry. And the things he did in ministry, it's like they had this understanding that doesn't happen if he's not in prayer. So they said, of all the things you could teach us, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to do this thing where you get filled up, where you can then go out into the world and make deposits and give out whatever right. is in you. We want to know that that source of where you get filled up, and it's communion. It's the it's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, talking about what's going to happen that day.
2: Yeah, and and if we're Jesus says we're we're His hands, His feet. His, you know, we are Him in the world. Uh, and he, and you take what you just share Cameron Jesus came to sh- to do the will of the father he also came to show us the father right to show us that's right the father so he was the, phys- the the visible physical presence of the father so they just it seems like they were just kind of going back and say look at all these miracles and I just drew something when you're talking just the word prayer in a box and then from that going up arrows raise the dead feed the feed the crowds walk on water cure the sick so, like, all that stuff that you can get really excited about, when they traced it back, what's the common denominator? His communion with, with the Father, right? right? His time in prayer. It being, he was plugged in, and then the power came from that. So that's, uh, that's great. So if, you, if, if there's only one thing that they asked, and it was prayer, we got to pay attention to that. And David, when you talked about certain place and being finished, man um devin shad refers to the, you know refers to it, what they call it in, in in the old testament the tent of meetings that like where is your tent of meetings like where in your house or in your backyard or somewhere you know, you, at, at the church yes of course but like somewhere else too like where can we go that is that certain place and uh, and that place is is consecrated dedicated um and then if we Reflect on our distractions. Uh, a, a young woman shared a silent retreat she was on, and the, and the one reflection was, your reflection is your distractions. And then you come to me, and let's talk about your distractions. So spend this time you know, cataloging your, your distractions in prayer. Let's call them out, and then come, and, and let's, let's talk about them. So instead of just you know, wrestling with them or whatever, like, he's like, let's bring them. Think about it, pray about it. What are they? And then let's talk. So then, if we have that certain place, and we're not afraid of of facing our distractions, naming them, and then bring them to the Lord or to a spiritual director, that's going to help us finish. That's going to help us finish. Because if not, these distractions are going to are just going to sidetrack us. Is it, my daughter's reading a book. She's going to the sixth grade, and I say the book's not. It's, it's boring. It's not. I said, well, if you read a book three pages at a time, it's going to be boring because yeah, you're not, you're never giving yourself a chance to really get into the story. Because she's like, I'm going to read one chapter a day with this book, even though it's thick, the chapters are like three, four pages. And I said, like, that's a great goal to read it. You know, it's great to set a goal, but let's maybe stretch it just so you can get into the story so you can get into. It. So with prayer, if it's like little bits and sparts and stuff, we're never truly going to receive what God wants us to receive. Yeah, so this is powerful. We, probably, we, we can spend all day just talking about that first line. Mm. You're right. Uh, yeah.
1: You know, and for me as a Catholic, I know for me, it, the most greatest gift God's given us is go to Mass. We have daily Mass. It, I have my whole segment. I can go from 6.45 to 8 to 7 to 7, 8, 30 to 12.05 to 6 o'clock and evening. I've got it all set up. To, why? Because that's my time to truly disconnect from the world, be in the Lord's presence, and just listen, to worship God, to thank God, to offer the mass intentions for those in need. It is my time of communion, common union with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going through one of the most difficult times in my life right now from a business aspect, and every day I go to daily mass. The Lord gives me two or three nuggets of what I'm to do that day. And it's like, they're aha moments, I call them. They're like, whoa, that was good. Whoa, thank you, Lord. And that's what I do. That's amazing. So each and every day, two or three divine nuggets, and I'm walking it out. One day, one step. And when the enemy hits me up alongside the head this morning, right before Mass, I took it in the Mass and offered it up, laid it at the foot of the cross, Help me through this. My friend who got, the, got the, the email, he was all blown away. He wasn't coming to Gospel Reflections. He was, I got to go fix this. So I said, stop. Most important thing for you to do right now is come meet with the people at Gospel Reflections and get filled up. You're trying to be self-sufficient and fix it. Don't do that. You need to do what Jesus says. When you hit these problems, knock, seek, ask the Father. You got to get filled up, filled up with the Word. The guy's like, You're right, Dave. And he stopped what he was doing, came in, got 45 minutes Mm -hmm. of life-giving waters, life-giving Holy Spirit moments. Because I'll tell you, for me, if I try and do it on my own, it's called the sin of self-sufficiency. Monsignor Esso points it out to me. Stop it. God the Father wants to be involved in every aspect of our life. God the Father, in through and with Jesus Christ, wants to be part of every aspect of our life. And he's like, my boy, ask me. I'm right here. I'll help you. So the I found for me, the greater my peace, no anxiety, no stress, is the more I call out to the Father. Imagine Jesus going into the garden. He cried out the same prayer three times to the Father. The prayer of, like, if it's possible, Father, take this chalice, take this cup from me. But not my will be done, but your will be done. That's our daily journey. Scripture commands us to pray without ceasing. What does that mean? It means to stay in constant communion, common union with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, all three persons want to be involved in every aspect of our life.
3: And he's not going to instruct us to pray without ceasing if everything is just rainbows and lollipops. (laughs) Right? Why is there a need to pray without ceasing? Because we're going to face hardships. We're going to face adversity. We're going to face an enemy. We're going to face somebody who doesn't want what's best for us. Uh, we're, we're going to suffer loss. These things are going to happen. So we have these instructions, pray without ceasing. It's not, hey, pray without ceasing because you're destined for a life of nothing but smiles. Well, we're going to mourn with people who mourn. That's going to be, that's going to be another facet of the Lord. We're, we're going to discover things about Jesus in those times in the valleys that you can't discover in the peaks. Yeah. There's 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 times where I feel like I've seen parts of God on a mountaintop, but you see a different facet of him in a valley. And he gives us the instructions. Yeah. He doesn't want us to lose our joy. He does he, he wants us to be in constant communication with him. Okay, I'm gonna trust him. And it's that childlikeness. Like there are mysteries. It's okay that's the childlike faith i don't have to have this figured out to be able to say i know you're good i know you're kind i know you love me the things that i'm looking at right now they're ugly they're mean they're destructive but that doesn't change who you are our situations don't determine if god is good or not i've seen too much of his kindness and his mercy to question, is He a good God? He is. And that's why He gives us this instruction, pray without ceasing.
1: I couldn't help myself today. I came to realize that the biggest word in Scripture is if. 574 times, half of those times, Jesus uses it in the, new, in the four Gospels. That's amazing. So if, and so going back to your point, Cameron, Jesus says, if, this is your free will choice, you want to be my disciple takes 3 things. Mm-hmm. First thing is deny yourself. It's not about you. Live a life that's other-centered. Then do what? Pick up roses? No. <laughs> Pick up your cross. I think that they say that that's one of the most excruciating pains that Jesus suffered was the cross on the sh- on his shoulder as he carried it on the passion to his execution. So pick up your cross, my friend says, man, don't just pick it up, embrace it, because it's through the crosses of our lives, we're formed more perfectly into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. And then do what? Lead the way? No, follow me. And then there's that word that comes after that, daily. Excuse me? You mean I don't say my yes and it's like health and wealth and riches and a slot machine? no. (laughs) Why? Because we're supposed to be lights in the world. We're supposed to be used as instrument in the salvation of souls. We need to be all in. Jesus Christ Himself wants to live in us, with us, and through us. Be His hands in the world, His feet, His heart, His mind. I'm telling you, when you get that, every day of your life is a great adventure. Everything you go through in life is meant for two reasons. Number one, first and foremost. Put a mirror up. It's meant for you to learn. It's meant for you to learn. Why? Because then once you live it and learn it, you're able to do what? Teach it. So ladies and gentlemen, man, get on board. The train's pulling out of the station. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow Jesus daily and be what? Transformers of this world. Lights in this world that lead to that eternal banquet with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
3: Mm. So good. And, and the places where we feel like we fall short, ask, seek, knock. He's, t- he's given us the instructions here. I tell you, ask, and you'll receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. But also, looking at those words, ask, seek, and knock, we don't have to beat around the bush. Like, we don't have to walk up to the door and just give a little tap and then be like, ah, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't feel like it today. I'm going to... I'm going to knock, knock on that door. The, the, the story he gives before that is the guy pounding on the door in the middle of the night for bread. It's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like this is what he's relating it to. And seeking is different than like you play hide and seek uh, as a kid. You don't seek by like, okay, fine. I'll lean back in my chair and take a look around the room. I don't see anything. No, he says, seek. If you're seeking, you're, looking behind the curtains you're looking above the refrigerator in the cabinets you know you're all over the place and when and when you don't find the other person in a game of hide and seek you keep going you know that they're there i don't know where they went but they're somewhere they didn't disappear they didn't vanish he's he's not saying hey just look around the room real quick he's saying seek so what are we doing to seek what are we doing how loud is our knock and i'm not saying we're going to persuade him i'm saying as a father to children, I enjoy seeing how much they rely on me for some things. You know, it gives me joy to be able to provide them uh, something as simple as a meal. Like, there's a joy in that. How much, how much more is that relationship with our Heavenly Father? Um, and I think it's okay to ask Him for things. Not, not just like, hey, Lord bless my bank account, but like ask him, Lord, I'm going in a situation. I'm not good enough to know how to figure this one out. I'm keeping my eyes on you because I want this to be a good outcome. So as soon as you're ready to give me some type of prompting, I'm all ears.
1: You know, I think why you just, just came to me, why this is the way it is, is because the moment we expect it, it's no longer a gift. Wow. So the father, so when is a gift no longer a gift? When it becomes an expectation. you just asking and receive. I expect it. Because an expectation then leads to an entitlement. Not only do I expect it, ah, I'm a son of the father, I'm entitled to it. And then an entitlement leads to a dependency. i have got to have it. I mean, you know, I've got to have it. And then a dependency leads to anger when the gift doesn't come. You know what I ask and you didn't give it to me stop. God wants us never to have it as an expectation, to always ask for it as a gift, and then have the awe and wonder of a little child. Wow! You did that for me, Father? Wow! You answered that prayer? Wow! But the moment you take up that an expectation, you rob the gift from the Father. And he says, well, you know, I got to hold back a little bit because my boy... A little prideful there, a
3: little bit of uh, blindness. Yeah. So good. It, it reminds me of. I know we're we'll wrapping up here. It reminds me. So with our kids, we at the end of the night. We put them to bed. You know, we we say a prayer and uh, put them to bed. But usually, we talk to them about having a dream. You know, hey, hey, Lord, we invite you into their dreams. Um, you know, and if they can remember the things you're going to seal up in their heart tomorrow, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. So it's, just, it's something as simple as that. But then in the mornings. I follow up on that. Hey, did you dream last night? Hey, did you get any, you know, did a did a verse come to mind? Did did a story come to mind? And we talk about it with the expectation of, hey, the the Lord wants to speak with you, not the, hey, every morning, this is our check mark. It's more of the relationship journey. Awesome.
1: Let's get into the divine intimacy, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not seek, ask, and enter into that communion, common union with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, A Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, A Mission of Faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Stewardship, a mission of faith is excited
4: to announce the details of a -a one-of-a-kind conference held at the historic Star Barn Village in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, September 14th and 15th. It's time to wake up and stand on biblical truths. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14 remind us to be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Your every act should be done with love. Nationally known speakers Dr. Bill Lyle, the pro-life doctor, and Dr. Tim Clinton, Executive Director of the James Dobson Family Institute will deliver messages that are countercultural. They are joined by Father John Clote from the Diocese of Phoenix, Devin Schott from the Fathers of St. Joseph, and several others. Don't miss this amazing event. For tickets and information, please visit stewardshipconference.org or call us at 717 367 0100, that's stewardshipconference.org or 717 367 0100.